covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Kyleman and Jim Bernier. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the latest edition of the Inside the Walls podcast as we keep going into our off-season episodes. And uh, sooner than later, we'll be talking about the in-season stuff because uh, we have plenty to discuss on what lies ahead for 2023, Zach Kyleman, as I've said, alongside, of course, my good buddy, pal, co-host, the man on the opposite side of the screen. It is, I point the wrong side, but whatever. It's Jim <laughs> <Bernier>. <laughs> oh, Hi, Jim. How are you doing? <laughs> I, know, I, I did this way. I'm like, Jim's here. You were no. over here. You're the one that flipped the screens. Well, I mirrored it. Well, I usually, usually I'm on the left, so that's... Okay. <laughs> it's all my fault. I should have pointed to the opposite shoulder because of camera mirror. Hmm. For those watching the video by the way subscribe to our youtube channel might as well just do that while i'm at it so you can watch us make these goofy mistakes or laugh about about it and uh click that bell as a good buddy of ours says it builds morale not only for you but us too when you subscribe and keep the things notified for yourself also follow us on social media at in walls pod on facebook instagram and twitter to keep up keep up on the latest episode updates and updates from the league that we share and analyze when they come down including the new 2023 schedule that is out much earlier than recent seasons. Um, I, got, I mean, besides just us, people have been praising the fact that the NAL, with new teams as well, they got it out before November. We have a full 17-week schedule set for next year already out. Yeah, it's... Last year, it didn't come out until almost February. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna have to redouble down on that, but it was definitely same year. Like it mm. wasn't like we're into the fall and we're anticipating it. Like they had some delays, and I think there's some more things up in the air at that point. But like yeah. this year, it seems like they a have locked down and said, okay, we're gonna cap this and we'll focus on 2023 now. Because they've already said there's already been some rumors. I can't say much on 2024, but there's already a few rumors out there for next year that <clears> might be discussed. But they're like saying, "Look, we have our slate for 2023. We like our eight teams, and they want it, and they got it done. You know, well, they, they scheduled all out." First off, uh, this is big um, for just not just organizations in the league. It's big for the fans so they can see that the league is being very proactive into the future of the um, of the NAL. Um, seeing that we are about literally going to be playing legit arena football um, come mm -hmm. March 1st in Columbus, Ohio. Or excuse me, no, Columbus, Georgia. Um, Columbus, Ohio. See, it's what happens when <laughs> college football season happens, ladies and gentlemen. When you say Columbus, I think of the Buckeyes uh, this time of year. Give me in March and say Columbus, and I'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> also, it gives the the organizations time to ticket promote packages, season tickets, all of that way in advance. I do know two organizations that are going to be launching ticket deals slash packages within, I want to say, before Christmas time. Nice. Um, they get season tickets rolling, and I believe having a schedule already out gives these organizations a chance to push that forward and having a schedule out this early, we can look at it and go, Oh, intriguing. Very interesting, interesting matchup. But then again, like every schedule week two matchups will be completely different than week nine based on how the teams op not operate, but play during the season. Mm -hmm. um, but there are key matches, but, Having the schedule out this early benefits the league in many ways because there's not a lot of question marks leading into the season. We know who's playing who, what's going on. We know who the kickoff game of the year is, is uh, San Antonio and Columbus and Columbus. So we see that. The question is, a lot of the people want to know, is a question that it's always been a question about arena football leagues, indoor leagues, is, is there going to be a – emphasis on production like tv wise or something like that that's been the chatter on all the boards the nal is focusing on themselves let's just throw that mm -hmm. out of the way right um the schedule release is good all the rumors that you're hearing or reading on all these chat boards if you don't see the rumor or anything on our official discord page inside the walls 
it's 99.9%. That's just someone throwing crap on the wall and see if it stinks. Uh, stinks. Yeah, it does stink if it's crap, uh, but if it sticks on the wall. Um, but yeah, I love the schedule, how it's, yeah, it's a lot of people say it's a little back heavy on a lot of the schedules. Like Jacksonville closes out the season, I think nine straight home, uh, nine straight games in a row without buy. But we're getting a full, even schedule. So there's no two teams with two more games. Everyone's playing a legit schedule with bye weeks. So winning percentage and games back won't be a major factor this year because how the schedule is set up this year, you get three bye weeks, 14-game season, top four teams make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So literally that makes harder to get in the postseason this year. means the top four teams who get in are legitimately teams that – deserve to be in so it's going to be intriguing of who gets in um but the schedule overall is balanced and the main advocate last year a lot of these people uh, fans were why does jackson have two more games or same as carolina but everyone else played 12 so now everyone has 14 three bye weeks seven home seven away and top four make the postseason yeah and look you you want to have equal amount of weeks not only i think for fair competition but also mm -hmm. you get same amount of home field opportunities in these leagues, same bye week structure. So you don't have to worry about, say, Carolina, you know, limping into the playoffs. And, you know, credit for that team last year. They were talented as hell. But it makes you wonder a little bit. I'm just putting it out there, mm -hmm. not, not to diss my Albany fans, but it does make you wonder if there is a little extra time for these guys to heal up, if maybe that things change. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I just think in more of the fairness, we're, luck we're glad that it's a united front. All, all eight teams are saying, yes, we want this schedule. These bye weeks, we're not going to have any variance. We aren't going to shoot. We're not going to jump the gun like some did last year on what they're announcing, and they got it done. Um, yeah. And to even to emphasize more how important it is that, that we're seeing this in October. So last year they announced their first version of the schedule, December twenty first, twenty twenty one. So put it that into account. Just that alone, that's two months earlier. That's two extra months. You can say we guarantee these days these sales are going to be for specific dates that you can sell. There's no hypotheticals going into it. You aren't having to be as, I would say, a little bit you know, tame in terms of talking for season ticket sales. You can tell mm -hmm. people, these are our dates. You can get all these games specifically for these specific arena dates right now with maybe early bird specials or maybe you know, pre-sale buy-ins. You know? And then the other thought on it is, you can possibly start single game ticket sales earlier than last year because single game tickets, you know, I, we harped on this last year. They started way too late in the year and credit. There were some good sales numbers by the end of the season for the league, but I really makes you wonder if they have say that two extra months now, maybe you can start the season, the single game ticket sales, maybe two months earlier this mm -hmm. time, you know, get those people that don't have that money to throw, you know, a few hundred dollars at season tickets, you know, which I mean, arena tickets are already extremely affordable. Don't get me wrong in the professional sports scene, but you know, there are people that still, they're like, like myself, for example, I still am only like, I can only go to so many games a year. So maybe I'll buy like two tickets for like these two dates, you know, and that fills up the arena, you know, plus you still can get the season ticket guys at the same time. Um, and then if you want to put in this to account and credit, things could change. Um, I'm not sure how much it will, but, um, the NAL last year, they did have an update to their schedule in February and altered a few minor things with that whole setup. I don't know if that'll happen again. I don't know if it will, but I mean, arena dates do change and things like that. So it is a caveat, but nonetheless, all of it's out there and it's an equally set up schedule for everybody that gets three buys, 14 games, and we're actually starting the season about two-ish weeks earlier than last year. April 1st is the kickoff. Mm -hmm. this time around, not April 23rd. So beginning of April, it's NAL football time, baby. You know what's kind of unique? I've noticed this from indoor football compared to outdoor. You know how in the National Football League, the national uh, the Super Bowl champions are usually the ones that kick off the season. They're usually mm -hmm. the ones that host opening day and you know banner raising. And it didn't happen last year in the NAL. It didn't happen last year, um, I think, in the in the other leagues. Um, that the defending champions didn't kick off the season. They were always midway, like they were later in the weeks. Um, again, this is, again, the same year. San Antonio and Columbus kick off in Columbus for the week one, and we won't get – the Empire won't get a home game until the, the 16th. 
Right. Um, yeah. That's three weeks into the season. Um, so that's unique. Interesting. Um, but of course, the Empire hosts the Lions in their first home game on the on the 16th. So a little bit of a homecoming right there with Levesque and the Lions going up to the Empire <laughs> with Manas. Uh, so that'd be an interesting matchup. But it's kind of because I've seen people on the chat talk about why it's, not, it's unfair how the Empire don't hold a home game right off the bat. Well, it's remember, folks, in these arenas, they're attendants. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. If an indoor football team owns their own building, which is very rare, like really rare. I think the last indoor football team to own their own building, I think it was like San Jose. They, it's, it's so extremely rare. But the, yeah, but that, that's that. when the Sabercats were part owners with the, the Sharks in mm-hmm. San Jose. That's the reason why they own the arena. Um, it's very rare. So that's the reason why the scheduling is. And you got to look at the other ev- events slash venues are in these buildings. Um, one thing that's very difficult to schedule these games is look at the future, uh, the schedule for these arenas, especially in Jacksonville. We have like a crap load of concerts coming in in March and April from Taylor Swift, from Taylor Swift to uh, Carrie Underwood to uh, I want to say. Who's the singer that uh, sings Rocket Man? Elton John. There we go. Elton John. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple. He like he's they're coming here like. That's the reason why you see these schedules in your arenas. If you look at your home arena, especially down in Orlando, like all the big concerts you skip Jackson, they go to Orlando. Now I'm surprised Orlando still has room to have home games. Uh, how big, yeah. how popular that arena is down there. Um, but yeah, it's not because the NAL doesn't want them to open up the season. It's just that football teams are not the attendant. They are a tenant of the building. Mm-hmm. And, especially the Empire's first game on the 16th against the Lions. And most likely that's a banner raising game uh, because a, you're going to have a, a former coach uh, return and you're going to have a former owner return with the Columbus Lions to the building. So I think that's going to be a big festive day up in Albany. Um, but we'll also this, what I liked about the schedule, um, unlike what happened last year is that you know, you're not going to have teams make repeated trips to extreme distances like Albany went to San Antonio twice. Um, they were the only team that went to San Antonio twice last year with that distance. Yeah. Orlando did it, but it would Albany and Orlando are a lot. Orlando is a lot closer than Albany than Orlando is and travel issues from Albany. So I like how everyone has equal amount of road trips. Um, from what I could tell by the schedule, no one has a three game road trip. So they're never out home. They're always they're either two games on the road than home, or they're a game a home a bye week and a game on the road. So you're never two weeks two you're never three weeks out of your home building. So I like how the schedule set up that way. So remember, yeah. it's attendance. Like arenas, they know where the money is, and unfortunately, in the our league, and especially in the ECHL and the hockey leagues and the AHL, um, Carrie Underwood. Catch, uh, you know, Celine Dion, NSYNC, whatever. I'm going to throw them back. <laughs> they will put 16,000 to 20,000 people in the building. But our arena fans, we, know we, we love our sport. We can only put about 8,000 in. So 20,000, 8,000. It's basically tell me, telling Zach right here, will you like $20,000 or $8,000? You're going to take that 20. <laughs> so right. that's the reason why. <laughs> um, but overall, the schedule is – what it is um we actually can actually look forward to events like there might be in a potential event that me and zach may be going to to kick off the season probably because now we can actually plan it because it's that far in advance yeah we don't have to we don't have to wait go should we we don't know the schedule now and we do know the schedule so we can make plans um of course as everyone knows and I've been reiterated by this. I do have championship weekend off this year. So I will be going to the championship game. Um, and Manas, uh, I'm not going to say who's going to host it. Um, I don't want to get that. But by the way, uh, I know we don't like take shout outs, but Manas did a great show with Commissioner uh, Chris Siegfried earlier this week. Go listen. It's on the Albany page. Great mm-hmm. interview. I appreciate it. It was great. Um, whoever's doing their social media over there, ah. They're doing pretty good. They're better than us right now, but no, uh, they're awesome. I, yeah, I, I love, I love the stuff coming out of there. I love this. Sh- I love just the show, like getting yeah. off season stuff right away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, that's, it's kind of refreshing. It's not 
always you see that with these with any indoor arena team. So the question is this: Is Gaz and Levesque going to have a rivalry between the two this year, or is mm. Levesque going to be, or is he going to start his own show down in Columbus? <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, he, that'd he be just, he find. Oh my God, I could I I could see it now. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> I could I could see a scenario where he does start it up. Let me let me think about who he I I, know, I think I know who he would pick too. And I and I love I love this guy here, Richard Holdridge, who does the play by play, or he's on he's on the play by play. I think he's the color actually, usually mm -hmm. if I remember right. And I feel bad if Richard's watching. He's like, dude, I do the color. I'm like, trust me, I, I I got my words here. That would be who would do it, because you have to do it where it's a person that does the broadcasts for the team mm -hmm. coupled with Jeff. <laughs> so he'll go on the first broadcast of Richard and they'll be like, so you are the, so you are the new and improved Tom. <laughs> and, then Tom and then you'll see. And then they're going to see God's message. Does like, what the heck guys <laughs> bring it on Jeff. <laughs> it was a good run. My friend, it was a good run. <laughs> Ooh, that makes me wonder too. Will you see? Uh, will you see Gaz take over for Levesque at like the uh, smoke seaside smoke <laughs> and grill shows for the season, where it's like they'll just call they'll call Jeff a traitor. <laughs> well, that'd be awesome because what's funny about that is that you know how Casey, the owner of uh, the Columbus Lions, kept going on the Manassas coaches show throughout yeah. the year and bashing Manas. It will be now Levesque doing that to the guys. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Every uh people are here like, what are you guys talking about? Go look 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 at past Manasa's coaches shows. There's always Casey bashing them and now it's like how the tables have turned out. It's gonna be a Levesque doing that. <laughs> That's gonna be yes. awesome. Funny to fall. Oh my god. I could see it now. I, I I'm I'm rooting for that, but like that that's so what we're getting this year because I mean with Columbus having that whole flip around, it, it I think it just enhance it just enhances what the two teams already had. I feel with beef against each other anyway. Um, Sands Jason Gibson being there, but credit now all the Albany connections are together and they could all talk smack to each other back and forth. <laughs> McKinney's so, coming to town. Master beats friends this. beats the master. <laughs> I forgot who who mentioned this. It was pretty funny. You look at the NAL's landscape. Everyone, when you think of Jacksonville and Carolina, you think of the two same identities. Mm -hmm. Two teams that are basically players that played on both teams, basically. Now you're going to start looking at Albany and Columbus the same way. Yeah. I can see that. But the question is, is uh, will a player like a – same Castro Nova, or let's just say if he does come into the um, NAL, goes to Columbus compared to Albany. Hmm. It'd be unique, but again, Castro. I still think he still has his XFL thing, don't it? Doesn't he? Yeah, he's got the draft pool set up. Which so. the last I understood and that's been said is that supposedly their draft is coming up the 16th and 17th of November, but there's been no official word from the XFL yet. So kind of waiting to see if they're going to make an announcement. Cause once they do, then, you know, hopefully he gets picked. Hopefully he gets a shot. If not, I hope he comes back to Albany and, you know, makes it goes back for his repeat seat another awesome season. So no, I, I, I'm just going to say this about the XFL and I love the rock. I love how they're doing everything. I'm getting bad vibes. It's been two months, three months now, and the vibes are getting worse to my side. I'm like, I'm not liking it. Yeah, my short analysis on this, just to keep it sweet and not to go too yeah, overboard. Yeah, that's why I just, I just got by vibes. Yeah, no, and I, no, I, I'm glad you met. Look, I'm, I met, we're mentioning just because, hey, like Sam's in this and and stuff, but yeah, that I've had a weird vibes with how things there professionally, or at least not professionally, but like PR wise and media wise mm -hmm. have been handled. Um, and that's that's saying of much. Yeah. So, but still, if Sam gets a chance to play in that league, congratulations, Sam. He deserves it. The guy exactly. proved it every single game last season in the NAL. I just, I just want to say, it, I'm just getting bad vibes off of it. But again, mm -hmm. we we covered the National Arena League, not the XFL or the USFL. Well, you you do USFL too, I mean, but I... um, but strictly NAL here. So yeah, of course, of course. 
So here, here's something that I want we'll, we'll, to touch back on the schedule, uh, mm-hmm. some interesting nuggets that you'll want to take with you. Here's the bye weeks, by the way. Um, something you'll notice with the trend for the bye weeks, a lot of this is indeed front-loaded for bye weeks, uh, as Jim mentioned. Um, only two teams get buys uh, anywhere post-week seven, and that is Columbus and Carolina. Both have a bye week 15. Otherwise, every other team, all your bye weeks will be done by week seven. So you'll be, uh, some of them will be done by week six, actually. Yeah. So the, he, you're not, so Jim is definitely saying correctly that there is going to be for some of these teams, some massive stretches where they'll go. But I guess in the sense, they get to also get more time early season to retool. If you want, say you, something's not working. Mm-hmm. So there's that caveat. Um, Albeit, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine this is part of, you know, the difficulties of getting a schedule down when you are a, you know, generally the minor tenant of arenas for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I mean, it gets it out there. I feel I'm gl- I'm mostly I'm still glad, by the way, I think fans should still be happy the schedule's out. Players might be a little like, eh, it's front loaded, but at least I get some breaks, you know, compared to last year. Like I said, if you're in Carolina and Jacksonville, you're probably thrilled you get some bye weeks this time around if you're signing on so props to you and if you're in like i said if you're carolina and columbus you at least get that promise of hey i got two and then i'm gonna have one at the end of the year something to keep an eye on because with iron man and if either one of these teams are playoff caliber teams for sure which there's possibilities for sure with carolina and columbus is signing on a bunch of guys right now um that bye week will be essential to recover some of the beating beatings that the body will take during the season. So, so really want to keep an eye on Carolina and Columbus, seeing if that helps them out maybe for that end of season stretch run going into that playoff week end of July 29th. Well, bye weeks are nice because last year, especially here in Jackson and especially in Carolina, everyone was having two bye weeks and they were just going through the motions. It, it's You can tell Coach Rezanalo in Carolina, he was – being strategic, like having players take a week off and just saying that they're injured and actually they're not injured. They're just mm-hmm. giving the guys a day off or a week off. Now you don't have that. Now you actually have designated bye weeks to help you uh, recoup. But the teams that have all the bye weeks earlier in the season, I think midway through the season, they'll be the more fresher teams. But when it becomes crunch time towards postseason time, they'll be the ones that are going to be struggling a little bit to get off their – in high end almost, or depending on how, if one of these teams that has, doesn't have a bye week um, in this later half of the season is just kicking everyone's behind. Um, they can like rest players they want in later weeks so they can get ready for the playoffs. But I would like to have the bye weeks more spread out, but we got the schedule at least we know what's going on. So, right. Right. And like I said, I, like, like we said, I think it's, I think this is just one of the caveats of we're getting the schedule out. There's mm-hmm. arena dates that are in place. 17 weeks and plus you're moving it up earlier so you have a lot more to account for that you didn't i think last year with it being expanded scheduled this season um i'm thrilled that it's 14 games by the way so that we can you know i mean i guess more football and you know from some of the i'm I'm pretty bullish on you know the league getting even better returns in attendance this year based on just this and also just some of the momentum that the season that the league ended on last year i think also helped a lot yeah, look at there. Excuse me, I have a cough drop in my mouth because I'm recovering <laughs> from the cold. Um, I don't want to hack on the mic. No, it's not. Don't don't do that. I've got, I then have to cut that audio out and I'll have to re-listen to where it's at and go like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, Focus. Oh, about the. Well, you got to admit. Orlando had over almost near 9,000 fans in their last home game. Jacksonville was still, again, averaging around six to five thousand, uh, six to 6,500 a game, like which they do. But we, you saw spikes in attendance, especially in San Antonio, and then all being towards the end of the year. Now that you have to schedule out, it gives these ticket managers and these, and these teams and organizations time to go up there and sell the product, get people on the tickets now. So – we're not in week nine, and oh, we got an increase in t- attendance. Fans already know the season's coming. Here's a schedule, and they know, oh, we got to be here March eighth. We got to be here March first for the game, and you'll expect to have that five, eight thousand fans 
in the building, depending if it's in Columbus or San Antonio, or Orlando, Fayetteville, or West Texas over there in Odessa. Uh, so it's going to be uh, uh, unique how, how each organization will go for, how they're going to promote. But I do know usually if history tells history, well, I was going to say if history tells a tale, it does. Um, every <laughs> arena football team in the history has always had Christmas packages and we're getting close to Christmas time. So keep on the lookout. I'm not saying who I'm just saying that a lot of teams do that for Christmas. So, Oh, I, I'm, I am banking on it. And again, you get two months now. So, you know, unlike last year where the schedule comes out the 21st, and then you're going, uh, all right, now throw it out there. Now you're like, oh yeah, we can market this on social hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you have definitive dates. You can tell people it's not hypotheticals. It's not saying, well, we're expecting it here. No, you can tell people, you know, they'll be like, oh, good. I'm buying something. And I know it's going to be this time, day and place, you know, um, which speaking of time, day and place, something mm-hmm. else that's in the schedule. Some of you noticed is, uh, there's a much larger emphasis on Friday and Sunday games this year. Um, kind of the, having the spread out of the weekend, mm-hmm. it was kind of dabbled in last season a little bit. Um, but there are, it looks like they're kind of moving around with the weekend. And I think there's twofold on that. I think a last year it was kind of mentioned, I think to us that they wanted to start moving the games around and kind of diversifying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and B we also been wanting this so that people can tune in and the viewership numbers on their youtube page can get a little bit boosted too um it is a challenge if you are a diehard fan to watch all these simultaneously on a saturday um credit it's arena sales first so i got to put that emphasis out there but for those folks that are like the several hundred to a thousand that want a week that tune in for games this kind of helps that case out too so i'm happy in that regard that being said, I have seen some people that are that are going, oh, darn it, there's a Friday game. Darn it, there's a Sunday game this year or something like that. Um, and so I, I, I guess you get pros and cons. I like it overall. Um, I think you should have it where you use the whole weekend to it. It's advantage, especially in the spring and summertime, you know, later in the summer in particular, you know, families get summer vacation and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a bunch more time that way, too. So why not? I like it. Hey, if they're not complaining about the NFL schedule being like that, why complain about any football schedule being like that? I'm taking it. You know, there's no college football either. Saturdays are not occupied. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can get it. I mean, the whole weekend in the summer, for the most part, I know spring, it's a little different, but summer for sure. Like it's, you can get out and about and go do some stuff, you know? Um, I mean, I, I don't, I have no issue. And like I said, for just the viewership angle of it, which isn't always talked about as much because again, in, in, in arena sales matter more to these teams right now. Um, it helps that viewership audience a bit more. It makes you say, okay, I can, I can engage more with these brands and teams an entire three day stretch every weekend of this said season between April through early to mid August. So I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Um, one other caveat here. Um, I did mention this a little bit earlier as we were talking schedule, Playoff weekend starts weekend of July 29th. That is what is the plan, and it's going to be the exact same setup as last season. Uh, they're tentatively setting the championship for the weekend of August 12th, so you will have a bye week again like last year where the two championship teams will get two weeks to prepare leading up to wherever they are hosting the championship. And again, for this setup, the NAL doesn't have a you know neutral site game, so... It gives that it gives whoever the host city is time to then set up, sell the tickets. The NAL gets to help sell the tickets too, um, and so that that strategy continues again for twenty twenty three. What's the good old saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, I, I give, and plus, again, look, I, I think there's argu- there's argument for neutral site. I've seen from people, but I think at this level, um, I think you just want to put on a really good game, and. We saw last year, like when I went to Albany last year, you know, it was definitely their best attendance of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a route, it was a rowdy crowd. You're rewarding that number, you're rewarding that seat, that team that gets the top seed for a hard fought year. Um, so I'll give them credit there. And again, the sport for us in particular, I don't think it's large enough yet for us to justify a neutral site, add the extra cost of getting everybody out there and negotiating an arena deal for a neutral site type of game. And I say this because we saw this in the AFL, 
Mm-hmm. And they bailed on that idea because of the exact same things that I just mentioned. Um, it's not ne- big enough yet for that. Ne- neutral site games do not work for arena football. We've seen the AFL do it. Mm-hmm. If it fails to ret- to attract fans, it's not because of the. It's not because of the game. It's because it's not the NFL. It's not college football. Yes, you have fans, but you don't have that amount of fans that will make that travel. Right. Usually in neutral site games, you're expecting at least 2% of each fan base to arrive at that location. That can fill a 60,000-seat building. A 2% of an arena fan base can range from 400 people to 2,000, depending on the, the fan bases. And a lot of those people won't make a travel to a, a neutral site city uh, for a game. I, I think it's... If it was a time for the arena football to do that, it was in its heyday, mm-hmm. and that failed in its heyday. So, yeah, we we have a bit ways to go. Agree as as what you're it's what you're saying, and what I think we all think. Like, there's diehard fans of this sport. I think I think arena football has some of the best fans in any sports level that I've been in. It's just, it's part of the reason why I love it. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, it's just these people they fight for this thing it's like it feels like the best of local meets like professional type of fandom um that being said it's still an extremely niche sport for the most part um mm-hmm. people know it exists but it is definitely not where it was back in the late 2000s and even somewhat when it was revived in the early 2010s so we got a ways to go but the nal to me is very much one of if not the t- the league holding the flagpole and saying we are going to make that charge to try and bring it back to where it used to be. So we got ways to go, but you know, there are, there are definitely like there's things that's going, going really well. Neutral site game to me. I, I don't think you need at this time. You know, you no. can, you hope someday to get to that, but right now it just makes more sense to do it. Host team. And I, I dig it. Um, I, and I, again, it just, I'm really thrilled that the schedule's out this early and we can talk about this in, in October, you know, yeah. and at, in doing anything like this. But as the season, as the off season progresses, based on who, what players go where, we will find what games or marquee matchups that will be unique. Yes, there's some matchups that pop up, like we just mentioned two of them about mm-hmm. Empire's first home game and the kickoff. But we're not, yeah, the rivalry. Yes, we did. We know those games in the first, the first battles of the Texas. But honestly, we can't preview these matchups because we don't know who's on these teams yet. Yeah. Um, so as the offseason progresses, maybe we'll do a scheduled breakdown of the season. We do have uh, a guy on our Twitter, excuse me, our Discord, JPen, who gave us a breakdown of top 10 games of the 2023 season, which he did an incredible job. Yes, good games, but a lot of question marks because we don't know who's a shark, who's a cobra, who's an empire, who's a gunslinger, who's a mustang. If it's a city name, yeah, we know. The rivalry, yes. We know. Columbus yeah. and Albany, we know, yes. Um, Orlando Jacksonville, yeah, we know. Those matches have happened. Basically, that's how we'll be previewing the season. But right now, we don't know. But what we do know is big player signings that are happening so far this offseason. So I have made this banner because I think these two guys deserve their own banner. Mm. Stars return to the Golden Gunslingers. I almost said the Gold Slingers. Gold Slingers. <laughs> Whack! What are you getting me with? Are you throwing gold at me? <laughs> uh, the gold is like got like freaking Mike Myers in there. Oh, solid gold. Um, Kali Rashad and Philip Barnett returned to the San Antonio Gunslingers. They were the main two weapons on their almost postseason uh, finish to the last season. But again, Kali Rashad returns. And now with the introduction of Nets, he will become just not just a weapon. He's going to become a lethal weapon for the gunslingers this season. Oh man. I, 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 I was thrilled to get, to get this uh, news about him mm-hmm. as well. I mean, like I said, Rashad returning Phil Barnett alone, who came back with the gunslingers later in the year and I think really with Robert Kent getting things locked down, they had a special year with those two, with those three dynamic tree, with that dynamic receiving trio. That is, mm-hmm. plus Barnett's going to be playing linebacker again, and he did a pretty solid job, I thought, last year Correct. in that role. So, 
that's the thing. Um, still waiting on to see if Kent will be back. Uh, we'll we'll fit, we'll kind of in a holding pattern, but it looks like they're trying to get most of their main stars back. Because even even besides Barnett and Rashad, Pierre Turner's coming back too. One of the best running backs last year in the NAL mm-hmm. uh, coming back as well. Is also a really good job playing linebacker. So um, some big names. I mean, San Antonio, they're uh, they want to load up. I mean, they we talk about momentum. They were. When we talked about like end of season fan momentum, the gunslingers and the predators were two of the fan bases that really hit their stride at the end of the year. And I really, with a full season of John Wayne's ownership under the belt with like off season prep and even seeing what they're doing with like graphics and social media right now, there's a lot of potential. This could blow up even more than what we saw come the end of the year. Oh, San Antonio is a, a, a lot of question marks were them in the beginning of the season last year and they came out of nowhere halfway through with a switch of the ownership group and they just you know, became one of the more lucrative products of the NAL in my opinion but also another big signing comes from the city of Greensboro mm-hmm. Zach Brown band is returning to the Cobras <laughs> hey <laughs> I had a I had a funny interaction with him because he had a uh, he had mentioned uh he mentioned Ziegler coming back and he kind of implied he was back, and I was like, and I DM'd. I was like, "Oh, you back with Carolina?" He's going, "Hey, now, mm-hmm. I still got to talk about this." But no, he can't. He's back with with the Cobras. Um, something that was interesting, if you saw the signing details, mm-hmm. he is not going to, at least according to his transaction, he's only going to be playing linebacker, from what it looks like. Uh, and he even posted that it sounded like that direction. Now, credit that could change, but. Um, I mean, there are three specialists now you can go on defense with, you know, as well. One of them has to be a lineman, by the way. But you can, in theory, put a linebacker back there, like at a Mac or Jack, and make them a specialist if you want along with the corner. So, you know, something to keep an eye on as the offseason goes. We all know Zach Brown is an excellent linebacker. Um, also, is a pretty good fullback, too. So if they do revert back to him, I mean, they're in good hands if they need to go to him for an Ironman situation. Great job having him there. And then Carolina has another key star coming back, too. Got Micah Robinson coming back. So. I'm just saying, like, well, the original, a lot of these key players, Zach's coming back. Micah's coming back. You can see Khalid coming back. I, I, Albany I, is, Albany's basically re- returning their whole roster right now mm-hmm. based on what's going on. Yeah, I know another Carolina signing that said that it confirmed to me he's returning. I don't want to spoil it because I want the league to announce it. But when that comes out, you're going to be going, oh, damn. Okay, so good job reloading up or coming back with pieces from last year. But I will leave that nugget out there that there is a signing on the horizon that will hit the transactions that people in Carolina, in a, at least in a Greensboro, will be very pleased at seeing return. So. Hmm. Just, just, just throwing that out there. You'll want to keep an eye on the transactions as the month goes on, you know. And speaking of that, because um, it's the twenty sixth, remember the key date of November first. That's a week away, so uh, free agency is going to get even more insane, depending on maybe some contract negotiations or you know players thinking about where they might want to go instead or weighing their options. You know, that's coming up pretty soon. So. I've had this question DM'd me. I think you may have got it too on our Discord. And I want to put this as a banner for us. Okay. Um, and this was, I wanted to get to this question because it's good. The first big QB to join the NAL. Hmm. Well, I mean, well, that... I think Casanova is that one, but It'd he, be might, nice. be in, he be, might be in the XFL. But who returns? Bain, does he return? Does Mike Faithful return? Does Arvell Nelson return? There's a couple of them. Does Grady decide that you know I'm going to do this one more time? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know about I don't know about Tommy. I I mean, uh, maybe I, that's very 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 distant. Maybe yeah. I, I think about, last year was kind of the hurrah. If so what about the offensive coordinator up in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> Can you swayed him one more time? Yeah. <laughs> even though I know every, even though we've all been, we both have been told that he's like retired, retired at yeah. this point. He's done, done. But uh, I don't. I guess if I'm looking at like last year's roster, um, 
realistically, I'm based on just what I've seen. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, if you're the Sharks, I think like I think Arvell would be great to have back. Just what you got from him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, it all depends on their contract that they have with him, and if they were doing multiple years. Which again, I mean, it's arena. It's not usually multiple year deals. Um, I think Mike Faithful has something to go back for. If they don't get, for example, Arvell, I mean, his year was kind of, you know, he had basically a one game and then spurts every now and then. I wouldn't mind seeing him get signed on to Jacksonville if they have as a option. You know, he was looking into the USFL at one point, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get signed on there, but he did have at least a tryout to kind of show off his skill set. So Faithful you know, is a NAL starting quarterback. Oh, he is. He absolutely is. There's no doubt about that. Well, it also you got other people out there like a Warren Smith. Does he become a starter somewhere? I think honestly, I think he, well, I'm pretty sure I think Warren's he's, retired though. I thought that last year was his hurrah from what we had talked. It could be. Then, uh, yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing about the arena in a, arena scene. Oh, these players, I'm retired. Are you sure? Yeah, two weeks later they're signed somewhere. I'm like, uh the foot the football itch is strong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. Um, tell you what, I think Jonathan Bain is the one that if I'm gonna say big QB signing that might be coming, um, you know, I, I don't have anything fully on that yet, but like that's the one I'm like mm-hmm. I could see that realistically being the big the big QB signing that hits first on the transaction wire. Um Robert Kent kind of up in the air. I hope he returns, but again, he is uh he's definitely uh veteran. <laughs> a, he's definitely a veteran. So yeah. that is not any guarantee there. Arena you can maybe get away with a little bit more because it's quick passing, mm-hmm. less beating uh beating up in terms of sacks. But that's up in the air, who knows, you know. Yeah. Um I imagine the Gunslingers would love to have him back at least for another season to kind of keep the momentum going and then maybe next maybe 2024 if that doesn't work out they look for someone else, but you know I'm leaning Jonathan Bain. I think he's the first big signing that comes across the transaction wire. Um, you say Jonathan Bain. Who do you think, though? Who I think? Like in terms of team? I think if he if he comes back, he's coming back with Carolina. I think Carolina, and it's because James Fuller's there. Because um, the relationship they've had in the past, right. which he's had on this show before. Well, exactly. I before, so. I think if you are a quarterback, you and here's the thing with any any version of football you play, mm-hmm. um, and especially at the lower levels, you want somebody that I think not only you can succeed the best in that offense, but it it, it also amplifies and I would say enhances your skill set. Um, we saw last year up until Bain was knocked out against San Antonio, he was an MVP candidate in this league. Um, and he showed it off that he had, he had had those spurts going into the playoffs. It's just, I think people unfortunately are remembering if you're a diehard fan of this league, how things ended in Albany last year, that's not Jonathan Bain all the time. That is mostly a outlier of his performances. So, um, I think he comes back and him and four now that four is coaching the entire Cobra's organization. I think that they come out with some vengeance and try and maybe uh, exercise some demons from the end of last season. Hmm. I'm going to say the first big quarterback signing, as you know, right now, Darren, uh, Darren Daniels already signed. So that's not, yeah, we can't say that's big. Cause that's already, signed. I'm going to say it's going to be Mike faithful. Ooh. And I'm not going to, I think it's a big quarterback signing. If I had to guess, I guarantee you it's either Albany or Fayetteville. Hmm. Because it's closer to where he's from in the Jersey area. And Albany, I think he knows Albany a little bit uh, better than other quarterbacks, probably. Uh, he's a solid quarterback, but I think he'll be the big one, the first one to go down um, to be signed, do, in my opinion. I do find the fascinating you say Albany just based on how that whole situation went down last year with the trade, you know? Yeah. And that, that's all a lot of chaos there from both sides. Uh, from the players to the organizations to the overall operations, um, but I do because it, how the game is, one season to the other, the, the narrative will change. Sure. So I don't think there's nothing that's going to hinder um, a a reunion of sort. 
But yeah, I think Faith will be the first one to go. Now there's going to be guys that come in this year that we have as NAL fans have no clue who they are and they'll make a name for themselves. Just like how we um, didn't know who Robert Kent was, but we knew what he did in other leagues. He comes in the San Antonio and helps San Antonio improve, um, especially down in Jacksonville, like Malik Henry. No one had, had no idea what Malik Henry's type of game plan was until we mm-hmm. saw what he did. And the other leagues that came in and started getting better than goes to the Carolina and does what he does in Carolina. And, of course, did they really let him let him go for Grady? I don't remember that. Uh, I know that. Well, I know Bain had originally been had been kind of uh, put on the side because of his injury. Yeah, sign because of the injury. Yeah. It was a technicality that they had done it for, and then they when things didn't go Correct. when Tommy got re, got injured on his own performances and he was healthy again, they brought him back into the fray, slid. Tommy on to IR, and then yeah. there you have But it. I do know this. November 1st, ladies and gentlemen, keep your Twitters on ours at, at Pod, Discord, whatever. Um, not Discord, whatever. It's Discord, Inside the Walls on Discord. There we go. Yes. Um, because November 1st, you're going to see a lot of bigger players sign with the NAL or vice versa uh, because that's when players can sign with other teams and you will see a lot of, you could see a lot of movement between the league uh, because of this. So they can only sign players that are currently under contract or or rights are owned by the team. Currently that ends on the first, once the first hits, it's legit free agency. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a free for all is, uh, is what will happen. And, you know, um, it's been said a few times, like you can't have agents really contacting your, coaches yet or anything you have to be on a holding pattern i mean as it's been i mean tom uh, coach manas actually said this best on his own show you know fans if you want to encourage players go right ahead that's not against the rules um it's just you know you can't have coaches and agents talking to each other right now mm-hmm. if they're on a different team because it's you're basically giving that you're giving the organization from last year the first right of refusal slash period to get their talent back if they want or if they feel like they have a good relationship, they can get them back again. So that's the whole reason that goes on right now. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, I'd rather, you know, for some, like I said, some of these teams are already getting their guys back beforehand. Like I said, San Antonio, I mean, got three of the, they got the big, their three big trio of specialty players already re-signed. So, you know, they wanted to come back. They're getting that done and it helps bring core guys in, you know, then November mm-hmm. first comes around, then you can have a frenzy and it's going to be a frenzy. <laughs> Things will definitely be flipping all over the place, I imagine, this year. Especially more locations now in well, the league. Two more locations, to. yeah. Mm-hmm. New places, but new that's, things. But that's like how it is with uh, all of the professional sports that we follow. Season really doesn't really kick off until – I take that back. It doesn't kick off until free agency begins. Once free agency begins, that's when the season kicks off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one with the quarterback wise. This is I, you, and I only bring this up because I just thought about this when we were circling with like uh, last year and comparing mm-hmm. to this year with new teams. Um, West Texas because there's a lot of hype West West Texas. Um, I'm looking at the QB class J, of J. Ru Campbell and especially last year's QB for them, Taylor and Shaw, because um, I've heard we've heard a lot of good stuff about Shaw mm-hmm. coming out of West Texas. So. I'm gonna. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing some highlights here in the near future, and seeing how he adjusts to the level of the arena game. Yeah. Because right now, preseason wise, he's at least out there. I think to many, their starting quarterback at this time. Well, that's how we thought. With uh, was it J? Is uh, Javon Kilgo? Over. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean that 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 whole situation. I mean, Jesus, talk about talk about a time when it wasn't. John Wayne owning the gunslingers, you know, that was a completely different situation there. You know, it's, it, it's funny how this time last year we were questioning on San Antonio was who's, who's on San Antonio's team, what team they're going to be. Now you look at San Antonio and go, Holy crap. They actually have two faces of the league. Yeah. Uh, 
you have um, Kali Rashad and you have Phil Barnett. And those are literally faces of the NAL. And this time last year, we had no idea who Kali Rashad was. We knew who Phil Barnett was with his history with the Albany Empire and the um, Carolina, Hur- uh, Carolina Cobras, not the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are NHL. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they play in a totally different city than, than with the Cobra spread. But, yeah. I think Camp. I've seen the highlight the highlights of Campbell with his time in the Texas series, when when the Warbirds were over there. Solid dude, guy can sling it. There's one, there's no issues about quarterbacks in this league that can sling the football. The difference is is the Texas series was based off of outdoor rules. The indoor rules, especially or the arena rules, are completely different. So it's going to be an adjustment period. We saw that in San Antonio once they brought in Robert Kent, everything started slowing down. And they became a better team as the season progressed. We're going to see the same thing over there in um, Odessa for the West Texas Warbirds. Right. You know, I will say I really st- want to start seeing uh, Fayetteville signings. I personally, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't had any come across the transaction wire yet on the league's page, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anything on social yet. So, I mean, I'm assuming you know, Coach Gunnings and company they they have their own plan here. I'm not. I'm not doubting that, but you know, it is, it's going into November. I mean, teams are already kind of getting their people back already and such yeah. and new signings too. I mean, coach McKinney over in Columbus, he has gone crazy on, it looks like getting new folks into the building for the lions from that are rookie talents. It looks like, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting, also- to, I'm waiting wow. to talk about that first faithful signing. It's all I'm saying. I want to see that come across because that's the one I'm, especially curious about is that team right now. And to the fans out there that were always faithful not being active. Oh, they're being active. Mm-hmm. I know personally. <laughs> oh no, so. I mean, they're, they are, I, I'm just saying, I want to talk about them. They're some of these guys that they get across. Oh, I'm I waiting agree. for that to hit. Finally, they did have the tryout. So that's happened already. Mm-hmm. I imagine that discussions are already being made. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about these guys. So the sooner I can, the better, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I agree with you. You don't. It's a saying that I. You can hear people live by. It's like you rather be two steps ahead of the horse than two steps behind the horse. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. kind of ironic. It's a horse team. <laughs> it's the Mustang. <laughs> right. Uh, and I mean, keep in mind too, Fayetteville mm-hmm. is a completely new team. This isn't West Texas where you have you know, guys that were in your previous, in your previous league iteration mm-hmm. or San Antonio, where they did originally start out and had some guys, Clee actually was one of them, funny enough. Um, so this is a brand new, completely empty slate. That's Correct. why I want to see these guys come down. Cause I'm like, okay, who are we putting together? You know, who are we, and, or who are we stealing as well to get maybe two. And the Carolinas first, are so. a good football state. It's a good football state. They love football mm-hmm. there in the Carolinas. They're going to find talent. Um, like you, everyone else is signing players besides Orlando and Fayetteville. Yeah, I'm Orlando. I'm wondering, I think it's because they are also still organizing a few things there, but I'm hoping that comes sooner rather than later mm-hmm. too for uh, coach, for yeah. coach walls. But also you got to look, it's not really officially free agency season. Technically, if you're not getting any type of signings by Thanksgiving, then there's red flags flying everywhere. So, mm-hmm. but Right now, I think the teams that are making signings right now are coaches that trust their players that know who they are and they want them. Yep. Now, when November 1st hits, that's when you start, you could see other pieces fall. Like um, maybe Mason Espinosa returning um, to the Jackson start. No, that's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> <But> still, <laughs> November 1st. Yeah. Manifested. Manifested. Get Manifested. A little more yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually know it's a new one, knees. <laughs> here's one that's more realistic. I do. I hope Daniel Smith signs back with them. Um, yeah. I mean, Tommy Neely, I heard a lot of praise from him from co- we heard a lot of praise from him for coaching and ownership last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel Smith did have some nice, had some nice moments when he was starting. So, um, and also Mason gave him a lot of praise too, when they were bringing Mason back in and they had to swap out who was starting QB. So but Daniel Smith quad city then came over. Or was he uh, Iowa? I uh, that you know what? That's where I'm gonna have to. Who's the steamrollers or steamwheelers? Is that Quad City? 
Steam Wheelers is Quad City. Okay, so yeah, he was Quad City, then he went Kim. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. Yeah. So many teams, names. There's so many. <laughs> Just gotta keep it all up track. And I mean, plus with some folks, it's indoors. You know, you can go to any of three leagues. Yeah. Know, within reason, again. Correct. Mid-se- mid-season move, you are going to get you're going to get a uh, ban hammer from any of the leagues. So keep that in that's, mind. That's a, tr- that's a tradition that keeps on giving. <laughs> it is, it is tr- that is very much a, that is very much a staple. From the, the NAL, the from the IFL, CIF, they, they all do it. Like ban hammer. And like, you're on no, no sideways come- movement, only up, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up. You don't have Thor coming out of nowhere. Like a ban here. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Hey, one last nugget here. And this mm-hmm. is just because we talked about it. So Levesque is already on the coaches show train. They had they had one over at uh, Ivy Park Sports and Grill over in Columbus, Ohio, uh, with Coach McKinney. So they are getting that started up and it's rolling. I am going to be checking it out after this recording because I want to see the banter and if they bring up some old uh, Empire references between the two guys now. <laughs> I, I I highly love, think it's possible. It is kind of strange seeing uh, Levesque in a royal blue polo compared to his old orange and navy that he was wearing but the thing is is they won't call him the emperor anymore right is that his nickname's gone now uh maybe they call him the lion king that's a, that's just me throwing some cheese on that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously i'm throwing a lot of cheese whiz on that on that title so the lion king <laughs> mufasa there we go uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's a, that is a unique, uh, wow. We were just mentioned that and that was a nugget. That, that's interesting, but yeah, go check that out by the way. If you're is it shocking? No. Cause we were just teasing it just like earlier in the show. Oh, without that, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But hey, new day, new day in Columbus. Now they got a new coach's show, new coach, of course, as we've talked. True. New ownership. At least parts of the ownership. They're still Part, like, yeah. you know, code, like Josh and company, Casey, they're all out there still. Just different structure. That's the thing. Well, we're seeing that. But yeah, I, I just thought I, I mentioned that. We talked about the coaches show stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's another one. Go check that one out. And seriously, anytime we have a, we see a new coaches show or coaches shows come out for teams, um, we'll highlight them because they're great for, I think, local engagement. Um, so like seeing Tom have, like Coach Manas have his, you know, Columbus getting back into it, and they did theirs last year. Gibson, I imagine the Sharks are going to have a Gibson one again, so we'll be waiting on that one when that starts happening. Um, and yeah, every other coach, if they're comfortable with it, I would love to see them have a coach or so doing updates, just like the rest of these guys. Better for the league, better for the fans to know what's going on with their organization. Yeah, perfect. That's what I mean. should happen. Sign you up. What the? It's I. Just- you're getting Stefan Raychek stuff in here. I bro? have been brainwashed by Stefan Raychek. <laughs> <laughs> I it is a it is now I have to mention it now at the end of every show. <laughs> and at the end of every every sentence that I'm like, yeah, let's do that thing. Sign you up. Yeah. <laughs> Sign you up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna wrap it up here for our for our schedule episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Um mm-hmm. Again, appreciate you guys tuning in every every week. After our live stream last time around, it was cool seeing all the people like, "Yes, a new inside the walls." It's been too long. I was like, "Yes, it has," and we're glad we get we're get, we're getting a little more consistent, getting some news out of the league. Should keep ramping up as the season goes on. We still need to schedule some interviews we've been wanting to do with West Texas. Um, we will get those done. I just we've been busy and we need to reach out to the Curtis family and see if we can get Lee for or uh, anyone else out there, Coach Taylor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be, we'll reach out to them and try and get those guys on the show. Um, otherwise for now, you know, be sure again, follow us on social media at in walls pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you are not watching the YouTube version, if you're listening to the podcast and say you want to, for some reason, see our ugly mugs on screen, Hey, head on over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button on this video and click the bell. It builds morale, not only for you, but for us too. Uh, and without further ado, guys, if you are interested on joining up and checking out a season in the National Arena League, say you find our show and you're curious about arena football, well, hey, schedule's out. Talk to your teams in your local area. Get some tickets. Go out to a game this year. I mean, hey, the you have guaranteed dates now this season. You out way around. 
Christmas is around the corner, like we're talking. May might have some packages coming, so uh, keep your eyeballs glued to your to your web browsers and these team websites because they are going to be hyping up this season much sooner than before, and I cannot wait to see what the attendance looks like for 2023. For my co-host Jim Renier, I am Zach Common saying so long, peace out, catch you on the next one, and stay tuned.